Wait, the cat's name was Fiona. What do you mean? What was the cat's no. name? <laughs> no, but um, uh, uh, like the, that the Iglesias. other one. Yeah, yeah, and it was then named the Iglesias, uh, and... New Jack. New Jack. Yeah, New Jack is when he's in the gang. This cat is so cute. Are you a cat person, Irene? Oh, I'm a cat person through and through. Didn't you have like some cat that had drama with the other cats in the yard or something? Uh, oh, well, my cat, Cat Daddy, used to be a, a, a stray. Well, he was a stray. And I had to take him to the doctor because he got in a fight with another cat after he hit puberty, naturally. And he got Sometime. his ass beat, so... <laughs> he's, he's a house cat now. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Fresh out the oven. It's Cinema Bums. I'm Emmett. And I'm Wade. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie and popular film franchises, one each week, to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today, we are beginning our new miniseries, Can't Stop the Peeling, Can't Stop the Peeling. covering all the films written by Jordan Peele. We will fully spoil today's film, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series. Wade, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. To be discussing these late night peelings with you. Uh, my pinky it? kind of hurts today. Uh-huh. So Why? by the time this episode comes out, we'll know if it was like just a cramp or if I have to get a new pinky. <laughs> so I'm just putting this in there for posterity. What, what That's happened good. to your That's pinky? Good. I think it's just because of how I hold my mouse at work. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm like always typing and on a computer at work now. So I think that it's... Do you, do you grip the mouse extra hard? I don't understand. No, How it's just you... like a small... It's like a small mouse. So it only has room for like four of my fingers. Oh, okay. and doing one of these. Yeah, yeah the pinky's the, the one. Oh, okay. I see. That isn't on there. All right. And listener, you might be wondering who's this phantom voice sympathizing <laughs> with Wade. No, it's, let's not well... say sympathizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I... The... <laughs> the boys talking to wade <laughs> today we are honored to have a special guest she's an artist a cosplayer and a model perhaps best known to our audience for being the second hardest working actor in atlanta <laughs> please welcome irene folk hello i'm doing wonderful i'm excited to talk about cats and other hell nonsense yeah. today <laughs> hell yeah well we're so glad to have you here have you seen this movie before I, I think i saw it when it first came out i believe and have you seen the other jordan peele movies i've seen a few i know i saw get out obviously mm-hmm. us yeah i've seen that yeah. one yeah mm-hmm. i think those are the only other two those are the Those two, are the, the two, the two oh, okay. that we're doing for this series. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I think he was in some other stuff. So, fan of his work? Yes. No. Oh, absolutely. I think that when you think about it's at least specifically, I know this uh, Keanu isn't a horror movie, but mm-hmm. I know at least when you specifically think about horror movies, you kind of just think about white people and you kind of think about (laughs) black people dying immediately or the one guy making it so i think it's very interesting to see the horror lens through you know an african-american a black experience i think that's really interesting yeah well this movie um as we've alluded to not quite a horror movie um this movie keanu Mm -hmm. came out in 2016 so this film is about two cousins rel and clarence Rel has just been broken up with by his girlfriend, who we never see, but apparently meant a lot to him, so much so that his life is a complete shambles at the beginning of this film. (laughs) And then a a miracle comes into his life. A beautiful little kitten named Keanu that is the most adorable thing. And, like, it's a joke in the movie that everyone falls in love with this cat, but it's completely and totally believable because everyone watching the movie also falls in love with this cat so then he's like keanu has reignited my love for life rel's cousin clarence his wife is going to be out of town for the weekend she's asked him to try and loosen up over the weekend because we see him being very stiff yeah he's just very stiff yeah he's like he's so he's so keyed up all the time and she's like Mm -hmm. just let loose just let loose do you a little bit this weekend and he's, we see that he's going to try and do that with Rel. But then things get a little sidetracked when their cat gets catnapped by a gang that mistakes their house for their drug dealer's house who lives right next door. And things go south. They have to impersonate two assassins, two, two bloodthirsty assassins. 
and the Allentown brothers, who are these other guys who have been – you see them killing people at the beginning and we're like – uh-oh. And then they have to convince the Blips, who are a gang – that they are, in fact, these murderers <laughs> and not the two, like, very sweet, if a little uptight guys that they actually are. Hilarity ensues. Along the way, Rel meets and has a romance with High C <laughs> by Tiffany Haddish, who at first you think is a hardened criminal, and then it turns out that she is a stone-cold killer cop, um, which is also kind of equally alarming at the end of the movie. Literally a murder. Uh, <laughs> that is this movie. It is kind of, it reminds me a lot of Pineapple Express and also of uh, The Big Lebowski, as I was watching it, are the two movies that kept coming to mind with the kind of like wandery stoner comedy that sometimes gets really violent. Mm-hmm. So wait, will you give us the stats on this film, please? So this movie is kind of the Key and Peele movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Should have led with that. <laughs> no, that's okay. But I say that because it was directed by Peter Atencio. This is the only film he's ever directed, but he also directed every episode of Key and Peele. So it's very much bringing their creative team. It was also written by Jordan Peele and Alex Rubens. And Rubens wrote for Key and Peele, and this is also his only movie. So it's very much taking that creative team of the show mm-hmm. onto the movie. Uh, and this is the first film that Jordan Peele wrote. The score is by Steve Jablonski, who did the music for Transformers, which I think is very much wow. like calling the shot. Yeah. It runs one hour and 40 minutes. We'd love to hear it. I think the pacing was fine. I don't know. I feel like you didn't really get to see Rel spend enough time with the cat mm. before mm. the cat got kidnapped for me to be like okay you it hasn't been that long you care about the cat this much like this is wild yeah <laughs> yeah they're really relying on how cute the cat is to do a Just lot a, of work yes <laughs> yes well, I think by the time it gets to the end of the movie, though, you're like, oh, this is just, like, what it is. There's yeah. life and death stakes over this cat. Right, the cat is like a is talisman, to in a way. Like, whoever holds the cat is just entranced. <laughs> <laughs> because the end escalates, like, five times with increasingly violent situations. Yes. <laughs> and I love that they're never like, maybe the cat isn't worth this. No. 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 At no point. This film was released April 29th, 2016 by Warner Brothers Pictures. It is a major, major studio film. Had a budget of $15 million, which means it would have needed to make about $30 million to break even. Made $21 million. Mm. So a little bit of a, a box office flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was also critically liked. It got a 63 on Metacritic, which I bring up because I feel like it's pretty rare that we see like big studio movie with like a marketing push that mm-hmm. critics are really into. Like everyone who sees it likes it, but mm-hmm. just doesn't get seen by a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot more rare than like movies everyone sees that right. people don't like. That people don't like, yeah. But I will say to that point that this film opened the week before Captain America Civil War. Okay, unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this movie... This movie made $21 million. That movie made $1.2 billion. Yeah, that, they didn't stand a chance. Sorry. Apologies, <laughs> Keanu yeah. and the crew. <laughs> so, feels like they could have maybe picked a different weekend yeah. <laughs> to put this thing out. My review quote was from April Wolf at The Village Voice, who writes... Mm-hmm. Sure, anyone can film a cat and America will love it. But director Peter Atencio elevates cat videos to an art form with gorgeous slow-motion tracking shots surrounded by explosions that would make Michael Bay proud. Key and Peel might have a special kind of magic they've brought to their first feature, but it's also a simple formula. Keep saving the cat. That's what I said. I said he read this book. Jordan Peele read the book, Save the Cat, and was like, read the first chapter and was like, okay, I got this. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) The rest of this out the window. I will say, though, about the effects, Uh for all the nonsense they had that cat doing, especially at the end, it did look really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it never looked too cheap or too fake. It looked pretty good with the tracking that they did on the cat. It really did. And it made me wonder, especially after this article that uh, I read about animal actors in the movie St. Maud, specifically a, a bug in that movie, uh, how like well-trained that cat must have yeah. been, like what kind of stunts that cat was actually doing, how much of that was real, mm-hmm. and how much of that was like digital effects. I mean, 
but it was definitely like in the scenes where you would like run up and claw on the chair like you know yeah. it was actually doing that to like untie his mm-hmm. hands mm-hmm. i think the cat is always real Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they have just filmed the cat in front of a green screen mm-hmm. and dropped it in to everything else going on. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'm pretty sure it's never a CGI cat. It also was seven cats. Oh, I believe that. There sense. were seven cats that apparently looked enough alike that they all played Keanu. That's awesome. And um, Tiffany Haddish adopted one after the film and still oh, has it. That's so cute. Irene? Yes. Question for you. Okay. This film, Keanu? Flop or bop? I'd say it was a bop. Like, obviously it wasn't worth it for enough people to go to the theater to get their money back. But yeah. <laughs> I I think it was a very cute movie. I appreciate the cat love. I feel like a lot of this stuff is usually about dogs and there's not like nearly enough cat love because cats, mm. you can't just like, cats need to be respected. You know what I'm mm. saying? People are obsessed with, like, the blind following of dogs that they're, like, super loyal. And it's true. But once you get a cat to, like, respect you and like you, like, you guys are, like, best friends for life. And I really love the cat love. But, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really cute. I thought it was ridiculous. (laughs) And I love ridiculous, stupid movies. I love that uh, Key and Peele also played the, what were they? The the two, like, the Allentown brothers. Yeah, the Allentown brothers. I was like, okay, y'all. <laughs> they had some crazy names, too. It was like, oh, I'm not going to get this right. It was, but like it was like, oil was one of was, them. It, it was, was it oil and smoke? Yeah, I Something. Think so. It was like, I, and you know, you wouldn't know it unless you read the credits, like what their names were, but it was yeah. pretty, pretty cool. Are they zombies? They come back to life twice after being shot. What's up with them? But, like, if that's how Alleytown people are, what made the other guy think that he could have a conversation with them? <laughs> like, that they would talk the way that, that, that Rel and Clarence talk. That's a <laughs> like, good point. <laughs> it's also, like, I could tell that it was key pretty easy, but, like, for most of the movie, I was like, is that Jordan Peele? Because he looks so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, like, crow hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was Keanu Reeves' wigs at first. <laughs> There's there is like this strange thing of like this movie being called Keanu. Mm-hmm. Wait, the cat talks with Keanu Reeves' voice at one point. Is this right? Yes, it does. That is correct. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say something really dumb about how Keanu Reeves doesn't show up in this movie. I was gonna well, say when the fir- when the movie first came out, my perception was like, oh, this must be a parody. Mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. all the movies that Keanu does where it's just like firefights all the time and how he's mm-hmm. like it's a joke about him always wanting to save his animal mm-hmm. like he wants to save his dog in the in John um, Wick yeah in the oh. John Wick movies yes. so I kind of thought it was going to be like that and it's not quite but you kind of still get that feeling that they have that relationship with the cat they asked Keanu Reeves to do the cameo uh-huh. And he said no. And then when the trailer for the movie came out, he watched the trailer and called them back and asked if he could still do it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so he recorded it like right before the movie came out. What poor wow. fool was voicing the cat before, like in between getting Keanu and then <laughs> getting him back? <laughs> okay, Wade. Yeah. Flop or bop? Oh, bop. Bop, bop, bop. Okay. Yeah, I thought the movie was very funny. I like movies in this genre a lot, like this one crazy night genre. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought this was like a good addition to it. I think like the performances that Key and Peele are both giving are so good. Like I think that's what really anchored the movie for me is just like how funny they are all the time and how much fun it is to watch them doing everything they're doing in this movie. Keegan Michael Key's physical comedy in this movie is unbelievable and it's like he's fully he's fully embodied both the character that his character ends up playing Mm -hmm. and his original character in such like a layered and silly but also like really kind of heartfelt way you're Mm -hmm. like oh (laughs) this is so cool he is so funny to watch as both of the personas. Yeah. I mean, they're just like a classic comedy duo, right? Yeah. It's just like tall, handsome, aloof, awkward man and like short, scraggly, smooth talking man. Like, it's just funny watching them together. Mm-hmm. And I do think there are a little bit of hints of Jordan Peele's writing that he's going to bring to all the horror stuff mm. in this movie. Uh, Emmett, Keanu, flop or bop? It's a bop. 
unquestionably loved it couldn't uh couldn't get enough of it honestly i i wish there was another comedy written by jordan peele or another i mean i know there's comic elements really that's like something i feel like i think about often about what's so cool about us and get out is that there are like in the middle of horribly grisly stuff there is like funny stuff too yeah in that which is i think like why those like work so well too i mean there are five seasons of key and peel <laughs> well true there's that there's that they could go back back to the archives i love that is it anna ferris i love that she played herself i thought mm-hmm. that was ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, the samurai sword I'm like oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah. that's crazy also that part is very strange because later you're like wait they didn't actually none of those people actually died but in the moment i feel like it's some of the most shocking yeah violence in the whole thing because you don't expect anything to really like get crazy and then it does yeah i would like to know how they really didn't actually die because don't we see them like shot through the back and yeah like totally dead yeah <laughs> okay that's what i thought and he's pretty messed up about it Rel is pretty oh, yeah. messed up about it he was traumatized <laughs> yeah like straight up <laughs> and like i feel like even if he knows later that wasn't real that experience is, is like still with him of like seeing somebody get shot in front of him which yeah and by the end of the movie they're both killers like oh, yeah that's it. Yeah. that is the gateway drug to them killing like 30 <laughs> people each when anna ferris came up i kept being like who is that and then they say her name in the movie and i was like oh that's who it is and then i thought that we were going to see chris pratt because this is know. when they were married and I was like, is Chris Pratt also home? Is he about to come <laughs> downstairs? In the back. That's hilarious. <laughs> what about the scene where they're all in the car waiting for like 45 minutes while Rel and Heisey are in the, in the Anna Ferris's house and Clarence is just in there with the other gang members getting them to listen to Boy George? <laughs> or wait, to no. George, George Michael, Michael not Boy George. <laughs> George. <sighs> I thought that was really funny. I don't know. It's hard. It's just funny. It's like I'm trying yeah, to put good. like logic to it, but it's just silly. It it's was just... good. <laughs> Wait, is there any behind-the-scenes drama you would like to draw for us? A little bit. Not much. We've already mentioned a lot of it. I should mention that Keegan-Michael Key is allergic to cats. Okay. Really? <laughs> You'll note that only Jordan Peele wrote this movie. <laughs> Keegan-Michael oh, <yeah>. Key. <laughs> But apparently he was just, like, doped up on allergy meds the whole time they were filming it to handle it. That is hilarious. Yeah, he's surrounded by seven cats, I suppose. (laughs) You have to. And you do see him in the movie not ever really get too close to the cat. Yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Oh, that's true. Do you think he actually was the... Do you think there was a stunt person, or do you think he actually did the wall jump when he does it in that one scene? He gets so excited about it. If that was him, then... Then gosh darn it! <laughs> I could do a wild jump right now. <laughs> that could not have been him. There's what, no you way. think it was really Jordan Peele when he does it at the end? I don't know because I was thinking about like how hard is that move? Like it's hard, Emmett. Let's see what it. Do Emmett. You mean? Why don't yeah, you give do it, it a try? Right now. Believe I mean, yourself. I, I think I'd bust my ass in this room, honestly. <laughs> oh sure, it's the room. Yeah, it's the room. It's the room. It's right. the room. It's not, yeah, if I put my foot up against the wall, it would go through it. You don't need to hear that. You notice that he does that on a concrete wall. Right. Okay. (laughs) That's such a cool moment, too, when he grabs the cat and he runs up the wall. Okay, wait. Here's. Do y'all think there's, like, a thing going on with, like, you know how the cat at the end is, like, he has to be a kitten forever. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. There's this strange thing where Tiffany Haddish is, like, oh, he's got a rare disease. He's going to be a kitten forever. And you're like, is that a, is that, what's, what's up with Yeah, that? Like, I didn't really know what that meant. I don't know what she was trying to say when she said that. I don't either. But then I was thinking about how the whole thing is that Rel is like such a sweet and like cuddly guy mm-hmm. and like so not the, like the persona that he takes on of being a murderer to like go and get this cat back. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he talks about how, like, in prison, they got so much respect just because they had killed the Allentown brothers that mm-hmm. they they didn't even have to, like, change their voice anymore. They didn't yeah. have to, like, put on the character anymore. I wondered if that had something to do with, like, the kitten staying a kit, Like, the cat getting to stay a kitten, it's like, it's like a representation of him in some metaphorical way of, like, him getting to, like, retain some of his 
sweetness and his innocence even in like that situation but maybe i'm reading way into it i mean that's definitely a very deep interpretation i was just thinking oh they're trying to pull a sequel out of us (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like it was a joke that he would always be this cute yeah that's what i took from it but i think that that thing you're talking about is is very much there emmett Actually, I I included this note, skipping down a little bit. So Keegan-Michael Key, this is from an interview with him. Him and Jordan Peele are both biracial. And he said, I think the reason Jordan and I became actors is because we did a fair amount of code switching growing up, and we still do, which made us interested in acting. And I feel like that's like, that's sort of my extrapolating why this film is about it. But I think there's something like in this film that everyone is playing two roles, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously the lead guys, but also like High C is someone, the weed dealer is like pretending to be a Rastafarian and he's actually not. <laughs> like, even like the wife is pretending like not to like the weird thing that Clarence is doing and then she likes it at the end. So I feel like there's something in this movie about like everyone playing two sort of like identity roles that they're switching between all the time. I also think that as it comes to the cat, I feel like the cat brought out well I would say the best, but maybe also the worst out of the people Mm. who had the cat at the time. So I kind of think that may tie into it as well. Everyone is willing to do anything for the cat. I was also thinking about like how much about their like the performative nature of what they're doing and how like they break down those walls, especially in like in the van scene where they're like start talking about like scars and stuff, mm-hmm. and the other guys start to open up, and then they turn it on Clarence and he has to show him his appendix scar (laughs) but like uh, there is a moment of like getting to like I don't know of of getting to like share and open up in ways that I feel like you know in in that performance of masculinity where you are like nothing can hurt you and you're so bad like there's there's something to that that is like alienating and then there's ways to like I don't know open up and that like everybody even the more minor characters get a chance to do that is pretty cool and also in that lifestyle I think that gang related violent you have to be hardened you have to kind of put your feelings to the side because you don't know when you're gonna die or when someone's gonna betray you or something like that so I, I do agree that that was a great moment where they kind of got to get to know each other. Yeah, Yeah, and also, like, Clarence and Rel are talking the way that they think gang members talk, right? Yeah. The way that, like, they see it on TV or whatever. Uh And I like that all of the actual gang members are, like, very disoriented (laughs) by that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, very confused by whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. Because we see, like, in the car scene, you see that most of those guys are, like, really sweet regular ass dudes in terms of personality yeah and not sort of like this crazy thing that keegan michael key is doing (laughs) yelling in the strip club uh i also liked that they only played future in the strip club right that's the only song that they got the money that they were able to pay for was the future song they had other songs throughout but they were like the only thing that gets played in the strip club is future future. that feels very 2016 that tracks I love this in the realm of, you said, one crazy night movies. I love any movie that ends with a car parked across somebody's yard in a way that it's not supposed to be. (laughs) That's always entertaining to me, especially having lived in Atlanta for two years where you would see that all the time. You just walk around and be like, oh, why is there a car? Like, we live next to this old dude who has always had, like, three cars parked all across his yard. (laughs) Yeah, it was was crazy, you know? I love it when, especially when, like, that Mm. gag where you think somebody's about to get shot and then wham, in comes the car and just <laughs> cleans their clock, dude. Yeah. Cleans their clock. That part is so hype. Yeah, I feel like you got a lot of like the tropes of the genre mm-hmm. of these kinds of movies. Like even just going to a strip club, mm-hmm. like the sequence where they accidentally get high and then it's like a mm-hmm. weird animated trippy dance sequence. Mm-hmm. The undercover cops. The trashing the house. Yeah. Even I feel like fights with a celebrity is even like a thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's like the scene in um, in The Hangover where they get punched out by Mike Tyson. And then I think this is the end. They keep getting like robbed by Emma Watson. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I feel like that's like a real thing too. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about like the action movie elements? I liked it. I don't think it was too overdone. Like there wasn't anything I think was too intricate. There were what like a few firefights and Keegan Key doing a black backflip that one time for, <laughs> for the gram. But I think it was. I think it was like spaced out enough and like. It wasn't too... I don't think it was too beyond belief. I think it kind of got a little bit more ridiculous at the end where they had the cat doing more, like, acrobatic mm-hmm. things to, like, actively save um, the Clarence character. But I actually liked the action a lot. I don't think it was overdone or anything like that. Yeah, I think a lot of these movies that are, like, action comedies run that risk of falling into the third act being just, like, all explosions and all action escalation. Mm-hmm. and leaving the comedy stuff behind but i feel like this movie always brought the comedy with yeah. it like everywhere it went and the whole ending of the movie was like character motivated like the little arcs all tie up all at once which is really satisfying like when the creepy guy who's been harassing his wife on the road trip steps out of the car right as they walk up and he just he punches him out when he punches him out it's like that moment didn't have to happen in that scene mm-hmm. like in the middle of all that escalation yeah and like an action movie would have put it somewhere else but mm-hmm. because it's a comedy it like it's it's like about that tumbling escalation of it all it's pretty exciting to speak of that scene i was hoping that they would have got to whatever place they were vacationing somehow mm-hmm. because for me it was weird that mm-hmm. after her after the wife saying that the guy hit on her they drove home together. Like, I guess it was yeah. with the kids, so what mm-hmm. was he going to do? But still, I was like, I, I wish they would have, like, like the gang would have took a pit stop there and, like, beat yeah. his ass or something. But <laughs> Yeah, I did think there was a chance that we were going to see them all come up and, like, I don't know, yeah. like, hang that guy upside down by his feet from a bridge or something. Mm-hmm. I thought at first that the wife was maybe in on it by how, like, nonchalant she is about I thought it was oh, perhaps orchestrated that the yeah. other dude's wife wasn't coming with them. Yeah, I thought that at first, too. I feel like the they did that on purpose to kind of make mm. it seem like she might have been, like, cheating on him or this was, like, a thing that they yeah. were doing. Yeah. But Who's the protagonist of this film? I guess, obviously, Rel. I think he just wants to feel love and to have love. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, at the beginning of the movie, he has lost that, and it has him in this, you know, dark deep place where he doesn't feel like he can really get out of until he finds something that can make him feel worth it. Mm. <laughs> I also have a hard time with this. Cause like in my opinion, especially with Rel and Clarence becoming once again, full blown killers by the end of this movie, it's <laughs> like, to me, it's like who deserves this cat more than the people before them. Right. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the gang member dude was whatever, but he really loved the cat. He treated the cat well. Mm-hmm. The guy mm-hmm. who was over what, like the mafia or whatever, whatever that was, mm-hmm. yeah. he treated the cat nice. It's like everybody who had the cat was was either a killer at the beginning or becomes a killer. So it's kind of like, did Rel deserve this cat any more than the other two did? I don't know. <laughs> but I do think that overall, you know, obviously the story follows him story follows him and Clarence. I also think Clarence is probably just like a side protagonist of wanting to come more into his own skin and being more out there and and not just being like this kind of stoic put together um, guy and try to be kind of like, I don't know, be a little bit more spontaneous to excite his wife, Mm -hmm. be a little bit more of a bad boy to um, save his marriage, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, he says, these drinks are for my marriage. (laughs) He's in the strip club. Wade, who do you think the protagonist is? Yeah, I think it's probably Peel. It's hard because it is like pretty much a two-hander, mm-hmm. and I feel like they also both change at the end. But I feel like it is Peel, and I feel like there's something there in his relationship with High C too. Mm. Like that feels like something big tied into his character arc mm-hmm. that sort of develops. Also, like going from the very funny weird moment he has with the police at the beginning where he's like waving at them and turning down the music to the end where he's like dating a cop Mm -hmm. (laughs) is a real character arc (laughs) i also was like probably getting keanu into witness protection into a police officer's care is like the only way that they would get to keep that cat for more than like two weeks for real (laughs) because i was like what just because like 
they outgun everyone here. They're just going to go back to their regular house, and then this cat is going to be safe. Right. Yeah, you know there's revenge coming for the guys that they killed at that big mansion. Mm-hmm. And Cheddar got killed by the cops. Some like there's there's more people out there coming for that cat. I feel like there could easily be a sequel. I felt a little weird about Cheddar. I think the performance is really good by Method Man. Uh-huh. He's sort of the only character who doesn't have more depth to them than what you see mm. at first, you know? Mm-hmm. Except that he really likes the cat. I mean, that's fair. I don't know if that's more depth. That's like a sweet thing it's about him. a sweet him. thing about him. Yeah. Makes you like him more. He's not like playing a straight villain. But I also think even if he was just sort of one note, like, and he didn't get gunned down pretty brutally yeah. I would feel better but yeah, like yeah. that he gets just like ripped apart and that's sort of how his thing ends Yeah, not just like that he died but also that mm-hmm. he was betrayed by IC it like hits those other guys really hard you see it on all of their faces I feel like he maybe wasn't bad enough like yeah. if he was supposed to be like the big evil bad boss right. who you feel positive in some sort of way about being out of the picture at the end yeah. like he just needed to be like more sort of vile and intimidating yeah. than I think he was because we also see that he dresses up his cat in a little chain and do-rag and just, that's just cute so cute. <laughs> you gotta love that where did he find these materials <laughs> he made them you know that he he sewed that himself oh see cheddar knits how about y'all do that what else him? does he have to do all day he's rich as hell he's just sitting <laughs> in that strip club listening to the one future song <laughs> Take some knitting glasses. (laughs) Emmett, protagonist thoughts? Protag? Uh, It's hard to say because I do think it's it's got that issue of being a two-hander where it's it would be easier for me to articulate the change that Clarence undergoes. Mm -hmm. But it feels still more like Rell's movie. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. There's like some sort of an argument to be made for it being the cat. For it. like, <laughs> I mean, it's his name in the movie. He's the one who saves them at the end twice in like pretty dramatic ways. This is probably the only movie we've done where the title of the movie is a character and the character is not like the main protagonist of the thing. That's true. I mean, I think it's the heartwarming story of a man who has lost his way in life and he finds his way in life is to be a well-respected murderer and the way that he <laughs> finds that way is through the love of a sweet little kitten i mean that's, gotta do that's, it. that's what i would say is going on in that that's one of the things i'm thinking of too when i talk about like the peel twist like mm-hmm. the little like nasty bite that this yeah. film has yeah. this there just a little bit that comes out so much more with the horror films yeah is that like it's played for laughs and it seems they make you seem like the protagonists are happier at the right. end than they are at the beginning. But they are in prison. <laughs> yes, they're all in jail. Like it's not like a straight up happy ending. And I guess like the joke is that they're so happy in a bad situation, but like the fact that how many movies where like an innocent person who gets wrapped up in this crazy thing and then they kill fifty people, like so often they just are home free at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. the fact that they show, like, the consequences, I think, is a little hint of that that um, horror twist that he's bringing. I mean, that's the thing that I think contrasts this movie the most for me with a movie like Pineapple Express, where they're just, like, sitting in the diner at the end, and they're all, all bloody and messed up, but they're like, oh, I guess we should probably go to the doctor now. But, like, this one, no, like, they got... <laughs> They got caught. And and that moment where she kisses him and then is like, you're under arrest. Like, cold. (laughs) She's still playing even even there. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. (laughs) I was just surprised that she came back with the cat. Her character is definitely a much better actor than Jordan's character is. Yeah. (laughs) Because she, like, doesn't slip even a little bit through all of their, like, (laughs) wild romance scene on the rooftop. And he just, like, gives it up immediately. Yeah, he She's does. Like, oh, you're getting a little close there. <laughs> Too much <laughs> dip in your chip. <laughs> oh, man. If if we're talking about Peel, I thought that I could maybe just drop some bio. Oh, yeah, guys. drop some bio. Since this is the start of our Peel miniseries, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of our listeners who have seen a Key and Peel sketch on YouTube or have watched Get Out but may not yet be Jordained. So I just wanted to uh, drop a little bit of the bio here. 
Jordan Hayworth Peel, who's born in 1979, 42 years old. He was raised by his single mother in the Upper West Side of New York City. His father was black and from North Carolina. His mother was white and from Maryland. He graduated from the Calhoun School, and then he went to Sarah Lawrence College for two years, which is in New York. It's in Bronxville. It's sort of like the foremost feminist, liberal, like, cutting-edge liberalism historical school in terms of colleges. I lived there for a month with my friend Chloe Sariego. Shout out to you, Chloe, the realist. It's truly a wild place. I will not elaborate on it any further. (laughs) But he dropped out after two years in 1999 with his classmate Rebecca Drysdale to form an improv duo. Always a good option, kids, I would say. Always drop out of school to form an improv duo. That's really what people want to see. So in 2003, he got the gig for Mad TV, which is a very popular sketch TV show. Either of you guys watch Mad TV Oh, I love Mad TV. Speak on it then, because I've seen very, very little. It's just like a... It's, it was just sketch comedy, mainly, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah just, it was just like a popular sketch comedy. It's like a little more like weird and a little more of a bite than SNL. Oh, definitely. But it was like very popular. He and Keegan-Michael Key, who did not know each other, auditioned for the same part. And they ended up having such good chemistry with each other in the audition that they cast both of them. Wow. Wow. Now that really is what you want, kids. (laughs) And that's how they met each other. That's how they started working together, which is really sweet. So they were on a lot of stuff on Mad TV together, which I think was like a big deal to the people who watched it. But probably like, I don't think the outside world knew a ton about them at this point. But they did, even back then, win an Emmy for their skit, Sad 50 Cent, which I watched right before. This is very good. Okay, I want to watch that right now. It's 50 Cent singing like a show tune about coming second in album sales to Kanye West, which won them an Emmy. (laughs) That's incredible. They also were cameoed in Weird Al's white and nerdy music video. No way. Jeez, how did I miss all of this? So they did that from from 03 until 08 is when Peel left. Key stayed on for one season past him. And then they started uh, Key and Peele, which is also a sketch show together on Comedy Central in 2012. It ran for five seasons. It won them a Peabody and two Emmys. And every season it was on, it got nominated for like a ton of Emmys. And a lot of it like went viral on YouTube. I would say that's probably most people's like first interaction with Jordan's work is Mm -hmm. just like seeing some of the sketches on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of famous ones. They also got to perform with President Obama off of the back of their Obama's anger interpreter sketches, (laughs) which are very funny. The show ends in 2015 and they film this movie right after. Wow. So it's really like a big flex that like they end the show and go straight into doing this like big major label film. Yeah. Peel had also shot Get Out in early 2016, so before this movie even came out, which is pretty wild to think about, like, how close to each other they are. Yeah. Because at this point, they were just Key and Peel, like, they were just the funny guys, but he had, like, already finished shooting the movie. Wow. Wow. So he just, he just knew. He was like... Yeah, he went dark real quick. I'm about to be... <laughs> he was like, he was like, I'm, I'm about to be your new favorite horror director. And you don't even know yet, and I'm going to make this comedy and kick ass in it all before I do. Y'all get one more laugh. Y'all get one. (laughs) (laughs) That pretty much takes us up to this movie. I'll also mention that he uh, started dating the comedian Chelsea Peretti in 2013, and then they got married in 2016. Chelsea I don't know a ton of her stuff, but I know some of our friends really like her. I think she has a podcast, too, so... I don't want to linger on it too much because I don't want to invite our listeners to the competition. But my one last thing, as an example of the level of detail that I think he is bringing to these scripts, Mm -hmm. Luis Guzman, who shows up in this film towards the end as like another big bad character he's playing in this film, Diaz, Uh is the same as the character he played in the 2002 PlayStation 2 video game Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Unbelievable. <laughs> what? That is 
That's so and crazy. This is just like something that Jordan Peele threw in there. But like he's wearing the same outfit and it's the same house. That's so cool. As in the cutscene on this old PlayStation 2 video game. Also, I love all of his movie posters in the background. There's movie posters all over the background mm. of this movie and they're all cool. And then there's the little movie posters he takes with the cat, which are even cuter and more amazing yeah, so cute. Um, i like the danny brown poster he has up and i like that they go and see a liam neeson film called substitute teacher <laughs> is that what it, i didn't realize they that they named it i did i do love the part where they're talking about it though that's what's on the movie marquee when they're driving away so funny. it's like liam neeson in glasses holding a gun and it says substitute teacher <laughs> i mean right now what we are going to do is we are going to do a quiz called Bums the Word. It is our recurring quiz for this uh, this little mini-series. And what we are going to do is I'm going on to the IMDb website. I'm looking oh. down under More Like This Movie, and I see the first six movies that are named by IMDb as being like this movie. And I'm going to try and get <laughs> you and Wade to guess what they are. I will give you hints. I mean, I I will I will probably lose because I, I don't know. I think you're both gonna have a pretty rough time. To be honest, this, these <laughs> movies are weird. The ones I'm that they s- not know set up okay. to be with this. All okay. right, all right. Let's do it. So the first entry is not a movie. It is in fact a TV series. Key and Peele. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the one that makes the most sense. Second one. This is a film from 2014. It is an action comedy. Uh, action comedy? Action comedy. Okay. Starring... Anyone from this movie? No one from this movie. It is starring Jake Johnson and Damon Wayans Jr. Damon Wayans Jr. Wayans um, Jr. I don't know. I did not know they had some sort of buddy I, cop <laughs> comedy movie together. No, no. It's called Fake Cops Real Trouble. I've never heard of that in my that's life. That's the name of the movie? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, sorry, that's the tagline. Fake Cops, uh, Real okay. Trouble. Okay, I was about to say, okay. what? Sorry, I wasn't going to tell What's the name of the movie? Bad Cops? Uh, no. That's me guessing a movie title. Wait, can you s- what? The two struggling <laughs> pals dress as police officers for a costume party and become neighborhood sensations. Wait, is it Let's Be Cops? It is, in fact, Let's Be Cops. <laughs> Don't know where I pulled that one out of. <laughs> okay. Next one. It is not a movie or TV series. It is an action short from 2013. (laughs) Anyone want to hazard a guess as to what the hell this might be? An action short from 2013? Yes. Is it animated? It is not animated. I will give you a hint. Keanu Reeves is in it. From 2013? Uh Wasn't there? Wait, no, you said it wasn't animated. Is it like a matrix? Is it matrix related? It is not matrix related. Is it John Wick related? It is not. Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to read the description. A short Keanu's character, Mister D, kills a man stealing from him. The murdered man's people seek revenge. Also, also starring Tiger Hu Chen. Okay, um, the name of this movie is Extreme Pursuit. Extreme Pursuit from 2013. Well, God bless. (laughs) I don't know where they pulled that movie from. And these are, what what did you say this list was under? This was the the, top six? This is the top six most like it. Oh, okay. Most related movies. Most related movies. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Number four is also a TV series. Um, From 2009, comedy. Chappelle Show. No, not the Chappelle Show. Clone Uh, High. No. Irene is closer with, like, the single-person show sort of idea. Ooh, uh, uh, Carlos Mencia. No. Is this, like, uh, is this, like, a talk show or, like, a sketch show? Um, this person provides humorous commentary on content from the internet. Did Daniel Tosh? Oh. Tosh.0? Yep, Tosh.0. <laughs> oh. Okay, at number five. A movie from 2016, a comedy about music. When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band... Pop star ma- never stop stopping. <laughs> you, never you're all, all... Stop, pop star never stop never stopping. That is correct. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> the Andy Samberg vehicle. Pop star never stop, never stopping. That's all you wait. All right. <laughs> what? And at number six, it's a 2015 comedy also relating to crime starring two, starring two pretty famous comedian actors. Related to crime. Related to crime and comedy. Is it Bad Boys? It is not Bad Boys. Is it Ride Along? It is not Ride Along. What's the um, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan movie? It is not that. Rush Whatever Hour? Whatever that is. It is not that. <laughs> Rush Hour? Is, it, is, is uh, Kevin Hart in this film? <laughs> he is in this film. <laughs> you said famous comic actor. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only one we have today. Is The Rock in it too? The, um, maybe, but he's not the co-star. He's not the other he's lead? Not, the other lead is somebody... Not who is less social graces than The Rock, certainly. Uh, but it's not Ice Cube, right? No. Because I think that's uh, Ride Along. I'm just thinking of Ride Along. Uh, no, you're thinking of Ride Along. <laughs> the other actor in this movie is well known for a famous Christmas movie. Um, where he plays... Michael Caine? No, where he is incorrectly like sized for the type of thing that he is. Well, a movie, Santa Claus? A movie Santa? that you hate? <laughs> Oh, Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell? And Ke- oh, wait, is it Get Hard? <laughs> it is, in fact. <laughs> oh, Get my Hard, God. the 2015 Kevin Hart, Will, Will Ferrell. I forgot that movie existed. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, pretty close to the pitch of this movie. Mm-hmm. This is just a strange little... The ones that I'm wondering about here are Tosh.0 and the Extreme Pursuit. I just feel like they could have pulled two better like things that things that were closer on that but i guess that's an imdb problem congratulations irene you have won the game oh did i really yes. did I really get more yeah. than wade <laughs> Woo-hoo. wow Woo. need to have more self-esteem uh so now i would like to ask you both who is your mvp other than the protagonist or the protagonists as the case may be would it be cheap to say the cat because i really just like the cat <laughs> That's fair. that's fair. That's totally fair. I don't know. Like, I just, the cat was so cute. And he had a little do-rag on. It was so ridiculous. I'm like, why are you wearing a little do-rag? Where'd you get that from? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think also, honestly, I would also just have to say probably Key and Peel just as actors in this movie, just because I've, I've always loved, and Eddie Murphy did a lot too, back in the day where you had, you we were the same person just playing different characters in the same movie. And I've always mm-hmm. thought about how exhausting and how like interesting and how you really have to have like your characterization down of all these different people that you have to be. And I've always really admired seeing that in the movie. So even though the Allentown brothers didn't really say much, but I do always think it's really interesting whenever actors play more than one role in the same movie. I like that a lot. I love whenever people are acting in parentheses it's mm-hmm. like where their character is acting mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like so now we don't get to just see like is this actor a good actor but now this character is a good or this character could be a terrible actor or there could be moments where this character like lets their acting down in like the worst possible moment hopefully yeah and i think the work that they're doing in this is incredible i totally agree wait who's your mvp mm. other than protagonist mine is daryl Britt gibson as trunk Oh, damn it. He's my favorite of the blips. <laughs> He's so good. He's so uh, good. I think it should c- come as a surprise to no one that I love like very dumb but sweet characters, especially anyone who has seen me play any character <laughs> on stage. It's really just an archetype that is endlessly amusing to me. I love that he got his name because he locked his keys in his trunk while he had a dead body in there. <laughs> And then I think he gets, like, one of the best jokes of the movie for me, which is when they've got the neighbor in the trunk, Method Man, like, slams the trunk closed, and then he immediately says, yo, you got your keys? <laughs> it's so good. Dead. So he's my favorite. Always looking at. Emmett, who's your MVP, OTP? It was going to be him. It was going to be Trunk. <laughs> but, but... That being said, I'm going to go with Tiffany Haddish in this movie as mm. High C slash whatever her cop name is. She's good. Uh, she's really mm-hmm. good in this. Her speech on the rooftop when in that like strange little romance scene is mm-hmm. like probably when she is letting the mask down of like what she thinks even when 
Like, I think that's her mentality. It's just you don't know which side she's fighting on. But she's yeah. still, like, having to fight every day of her life and, like, living a very rough life as an undercover cop just as much as she would as a gang member. So, mm-hmm. and it's for the same reasons of, like, wanting her own, like, personal freedom in life. And I don't know. I think it's really touching. And... I also think she's very funny and her skepticism of them of being like the, I always love it. Anytime you've got like everybody's fooled. And then there's the one person like, come on, come on. What's really going on here? And that's her. This is also her a year before girls trip. So like Peel really like, she wasn't unknown, but like this is the only movie she does in 2016. And then after girls trip, she's in like six movies every year. Yeah. Like, she is in everything. So this is, like, before her big breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's, like, mm-hmm. something that I really hated about this past year is, like, in the past two years, like, I've started to find, like, a ton of actors who I, like, actually care about and, like, want to see what they do next, you know? And then to have a year where you, like, don't get to see what anybody does for a year, hardly, mm-hmm. except for Christopher Nolan, you know, it's, like... I feel like it's going to be weird whenever those movies come out because they also will have been filmed like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like whatever, whenever James Bond comes out and it's bad, like are we really going to be mad at this 2018 movie? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> even if it's the only thing that comes out in 2022, you know? Like what do you even do? God. Yeah. Much ink will be spilled over it. But let me just be the first mm. to say. Eh, all right. Uh, <laughs> lovely <laughs> uh, okay what a balanced take <laughs> so I'm just here to provide that nuanced uh, right like that rank. nuanced flop or bop flop ranking. or bop like just straight up down is it good is it horrible uh, would I watch it every day for the rest of my life or never again that is really the scale you operate on <laughs> for everything honestly so <laughs> Uh, Irene, do you have any final thoughts this evening? Cat love. All day, Mm. every day. Adopt a cat. Love a cat. Love life. Keep pushing. Never give up. (laughs) What are these cat posters saying? (laughs) Alright, give us the the inspirational words, please. We need them. (laughs) Have you ever made a cat calendar with your cat, Irene? Just to be accurate, I've never made a cat calendar, but I have... I have 330 cat pictures under the folder. Of your cat, cat or yes. of any cats? Of my cat, specifically. <laughs> That's great. He's so cute. But yeah, no, I think cats are amazing. And this cat was so, like, like, thank you to all seven of those cats for doing the damn thing <laughs> for Truly. me. I wonder how hard it is to, to train a kitten, mm. specifically. It must be tough. Yeah, it did mention something in the thing I read that they all got, like, fancy feast, and that's how they were motivating them to do a lot of the stuff on set. That sounds like some unpaid advertising. This podcast, now sponsored by Fancy Feast. Sponsors Fancy Feast. Really wants. Are there any plugs you might have? And where can we find you on the media? Um, I'm on Instagram at IrenePoke4. Facebook, Irene Polk. Right now in Atlanta, I'm doing Jar the Floor at On Stage. In this is March and April. Well, this is going to be airing in April, so yes, you missed this it, is y'all. Middle of you April, suck. you this missed is coming it. Out. <laughs> well, if it's April, I'm in the middle of packing up Polly, which is also at On Stage. Sure. Um, mm. And that's that's probably about it. There's not there's not much to be done around these parts right now. But yeah, that's it. That's it for me trying to catch up on these playstation games Uh that are stacking up slowly but surely (laughs) irene is one of the best in the biz so if you're in atlanta you can go not the second best no we just said second hardest working yes the second hardest that's true that's that's an important distinction the second hardest working i won't i won't expose the first hardest working because he's not here to defend himself (laughs) 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 but if you know you know (laughs) Oh man. Wade, oh, any final thoughts? Yeah, I really I really like this movie. My only real criticism is I think it goes on for a little bit long in the third quarter, I would okay. say. It gets a little bit samey when we're like 
in the house and then in the strip club and it's like we're in the bottom of the strip club then we go up to the top and they talk then they go back to the alley then they go back to the top again I also feel like because the movie has such like a visual shine because Mm -hmm. it looks like a sketch show and they're so used to like making things look good with no money Mm -hmm. that it kind of like smooths over the fact that this movie is really in like three locations for the whole thing oh true but then I do. I just do think for like a little stretch, it runs on a little long before they go off to like the big exciting finale. Yeah. Oh, I was truly scarred by the snake eating scene. Oh my god! Like goodness. I was truly haunted by the visual of the snake having half eaten that man in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. Oh yeah, and my final final thought is that I love that the strip club sign just has "R.I.P. Riz." Written yes, on it. I was like. Bruh. Also, yeah. the name of the club is HPV. Yes. <laughs> Emmett, what are your final thoughts? I just think it's cool how it's like a one-premise movie, essentially. Like, they're going to go into these crazy, like, overblown, like, movie version of a gangster character. And that's going to be funny. And they consistently ring interesting changes on it throughout the different situations. And it's like a sketch that goes on too long and then keeps going and becomes funny again. Mm-hmm. And is like, oh, this is still funny and it's still interesting. And they keep like getting new stuff out of it in ways that I think are really exciting and and like often hilarious to watch. Yeah. And I would say like along those lines, if you watch this movie and liked it, but haven't seen much of the Key and Peele show. Mm. Like, it is a lot of the same sort of humor and, like, style of characters and playing with all of that, like, identity and masculinity in very funny ways. Mm. And if you watch this movie and didn't like it, then still watch Get Out next week because it's pretty different. (laughs) Yeah. It's a turn. Irene, thank you so much for being here with us. It's been lovely having you on yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, we uh, we definitely want to get you back on the show when we do Jurassic Park. Oh, we've, hell, we've been please. talking about it for oh, a long please. time. We don't know when we're going to do it, but we definitely I w- I want you to come on and watch one of them, any one of them that you want to do. Do you like all of them, or do you just like really like the first one? I well, obviously the first one's undisputed. the The second one, it's whatever. But like, unpopular opinion, Hill, I will mm-hmm. die on. I love the third movie. Yes. I oh, love the third yeah. movie. Yeah. Everyone too. hates that movie, but I love that movie so much. I would argue, I, I don't think I would argue that it's better than the first one, but it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. like it. I love the third one. Well, very excited to get into that with you sometime down the road. <laughs> yes. My favorite is the second one, which is also kind of an unpopular opinion. Yeah, that's a real, that's uh, honestly, honestly, that's probably a hotter take, I think. Well, you want to know my real hot take is that I also love the fifth one i also love fallen kingdom oh really just came out which i know like no one likes but that movie is also because it's like so much about it's like a callback to the second one Mm -hmm. which is the one i loved as a kid but what i was gonna say about the third one is that i had like such a huge crush on alessandro novola as a kid when i watched it which one is that is that he's like the hottie oh, isn't he Billy? like the photographer yeah, in it yeah. he's not the little kid but he's like the teen the who's guy on who the steals journey with the them. eggs the... yeah he steals the eggs yeah i also have uh <laughs> jurassic world uno oh my for... god <laughs> i'm obsessed y'all i'm obsessed <laughs> did you ever play that terrible old jurassic park like three computer game where you just, yeah, like, I did. Yeah, you oh would drive God. around the park on the car and get stuck <laughs> in different horrible situations. Have I also have Lego Jurassic World. It. See, now y'all got me hyped about dinosaurs. You can't do this to me. <laughs> not, not in the fourth quarter. <laughs> There's a Jurassic Park game on Switch, but it's just like a park builder. Yeah. I think that's an it's, app, too. Yeah, it's just like you design like what your Jurassic World would look like and then like sim how much you need to feed them each day and like mm-hmm. how to operate it correctly. Can you sim if it would like have all the dinosaurs escape and eat people or what? I think it like does that eventually on its own, but when it does, you just have to be like, okay, this is how much of the budget I can spend on insurance. This is how much time I have to do to get them back. Like, it's oh, just goodness. like a park, like you are simming as the park man manager 
And your job is, like, doing paperwork about Jurassic Park. (laughs) Much love to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for being here. We'll see you again soon, I hope. Yes, definitely. Join us next week when we discuss Get Out. Stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcast. It is created and produced by Wade Lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes this podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week.